Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and welcome to Shir Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Believers at Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and today we'll continue to listen to the Sunday sermon given by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor is currently teaching an in-depth series on heavenly authority. He has been looking at the judges in the Old Testament, and in our last few broadcasts, he has discussed the account of the judge Deborah, who was a wonderful example of the proper role of women in God's plan for heavenly authority. When we left off last time, Pastor Greg had moved forward in time to the New Testament, using the foundation laid in our study of Deborah to discuss the role of women in the church today. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. Women pray and prophesy in the church, right? But every woman who prays or prophesies, it was proper for women to pray and prophesy in the church. And prophecy, as I said, is from no other than from the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can give a true prophecy from God. And that's authority from the Holy Spirit. And we've seen from what we read that often women can have the gift of prophecy. Even back early in the life of the Lord, in Luke chapter 2, in verse 36 it says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks. She sees the baby Jesus. She gives thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Anna is a prophetess. She has the gift of prophecy, this dedicated woman. We spoke about Philip's daughters. We said the prophecy in Acts chapter 2, which was appropriate at the start of the church, through the end of the church, and on my men servants, and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, through chapter 14, prophecy is spoken about as an extremely important gift of the Holy Spirit. And the prophet, as Deborah, is spoken about as a high office. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, it says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. So prophecy is an important gift, and the place, the office of the prophet, is a high office. And in the Old Testament and the New Testament, women can prophesy. They can be prophetesses. And yet, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and here's where the confusion sets in, in verse 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So it's not meant to confuse us. As in all the churches of the saints, he says then, let your women, verse 34, keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, 
But they are to be submissive as the law also says. And notice that word there, law. Okay. There's something about the old way that's coming over into the new way for a purpose. Women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. So Paul's saying, if you think you really are a prophet, you should agree with what I'm saying. But if you want to stay ignorant, be ignorant. Wow. Women ought to stay silent in the churches. Women ought to stay silent in the congregation. Women ought to stay silent in the assembly. Now you can see where the confusion starts to come in. Let me give you a little more. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man, but to be in silence. So again, the silence, the submission, and cannot teach a man or have authority. We're speaking about authority, heavenly authority, right? Have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, and then Eve, and Adam was not deceived. What did Adam do? Adam just went along. Adam relinquished his authority, and what Eve told him to do, he did. He had no backbone. He had no strength. And when he louses up, it means the chaos for the whole world after that. As a one man sinned, not as she sinned, as the man sinned, then sinned into the world. But Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived, you can be like God, fell into transgression. So Paul is making a reference here how the woman tends to be open to deception. You know, this past week I heard how uh, in a political race, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, how one politician went from being 12 points behind to being 7 points ahead, about 19 points span among women because the women saw him give his wife a kiss on television. And now that's a very general statement. Obviously, not all the women in this country are that shallow to change political points of view simply by seeing a kiss. But a lot of women did. They saw that, and the men tended to be more skeptical and say, well, this is set up, or so what? What are the policies? But some of the women said, this is, this is just wonderful. Look, he gave his wife a kiss. I'm going to vote for him. That was the foundation of the vote. Paul is saying there tends to be a little more of an ease for deception. Now, we're getting into dangerous ground here. Um, let's get into a little more dangerous ground. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Then down in verse 7, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. The man is the glory of God. And then Paul goes on to talk about 
how the man was not created for woman, but woman for man. Nevertheless, neither is man independent for uh, man comes from woman. And that's what he's supposed to speak about the head and the coverings. And he says in verse 16, but if anyone seems to be contentious, uh, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. So custom comes in, as we saw law before. The man is supposed to be to the glory of God. So that while women can be anointed and have gifts and offices, evangelists, healers, prophets, etc., you start to see from these scriptures that it's not to be in a public way, in a public sense, they're not to be over a man. They shouldn't be publicly over the congregation. They should not be ruling or leading the congregation. They shouldn't be leading the troops. When the troops have to go into battle, Deborah says, you're supposed to do it, Barak. You're supposed to lead the troops. It wasn't right for her to do it. When you read these scriptures, you see that there's a restriction from participating in leadership over the church as freely as men. It's, it's not as free, although we're going to see later on in the study, it's not so free for the men either. There are certain criteria laid down for pastors and elders and deacons, etc. But it's not as easy, it's restricted, this public leadership. If there's a large or formal assembling of the body, then Paul's saying it's best to stay silent. The woman's best to stay silent apart from the Spirit's anointing. Obviously, the Holy Spirit moves and there's a prophecy, she should speak. If there's a tongue, she should speak. If there's an interpretation of tongue, she should speak. If the Lord has given a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, when saying apart from the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the regular course of things, to avoid contention, she should not stand up and assume control. Now that's not meaning total silence. If it meant total silence and all the other things of praying and prophesying and the other things we study wouldn't agree. Uh, and obviously it's not speaking about songs and worship. It's speaking about teaching, giving the teaching, speaking out on issues in a formal public assembly of the church, in formal leadership. It's also not speaking about smaller groups, family situations, Bible studies. Uh, obviously, Jesus there in his Bible study with the disciples, he spoke to Mary and Martha, and they spoke back. But the principles of being cautious, a woman being cautious, and setting herself back, not pushing herself forward, those principles still apply, and there needs to be wisdom on how to do it in modern situations. It avoids contention, because if you remember from our study of Miriam, Miriam was a prophetess, right? We have a prophecy in the scriptures. Someone said though, that Miriam tended to be a little, a little mouthy. She's contentious, she speaks out, she puts herself in a place she shouldn't, and God strikes her with leprosy for her grumbling. And we're going to see from Miriam and Aaron, from Deborah and Barak, some interesting points about human nature. And then we'll talk about the nature and the spirit that kind of washes that all away. 
and how the things that Paul is saying here is to deal with the human nature, to make sure the church does not become chaotic. And then how in the spirit, there's freedom and liberty as we have priorities set aright. And we'll leave it at that point. It's a difficult study, but we'll pick it up, Lord willing, next time. I know in today's unbelievably busy world, it is difficult to find the time to write, but your words of encouragement are greatly appreciated. Also, if you feel prayerfully led of the Lord to help support the Church Fellowship Outreach of Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, your donations would also be greatly appreciated. Please send all correspondence and make out all donations to Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B Christian Tabernacle Post Office Box 518 Branford, Connecticut 06405 Once again, that's Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle Post Office Box 518 Branford, Connecticut 06405 And if you are going to be in the Madison, Connecticut area I would like to invite you to join us for Sunday service. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning for Bible study, praise, worship, and the Lord's Supper at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go down to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the yellow brick and white building. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shear Jashub.